I want to go to two areas of scripture, Matthew 16, verse 13, and then Matthew, I mean, 1 Corinthians 3, 11. And I'm teaching on foundational uh, things, the basis upon which we build and live. Abraham was looking to a kingdom which has a foundation. If the truth be told, we all came into this world with nothing, and then the search was on to find stability. And uh, we found that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He is the anchoring entity. The devil is a diminishing being. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to take away. In fact, sin is pleasurable for a season, but it always uh, detracts. It always takes away. It, it, It leads us into places we wish we had never gone, and it deprives us of things that we ultimately really needed. And, but yet, walking with God, it, all, it never costs. It always pays to obey. And so stepping up on and giving our lives to the will of God is the best course that can possibly be taken for a human life. And then we're off to the races. We're off on the big visions and dreams God has for us. And we've got to understand that God, there is a God, and he really deeply loves us. We know this because it's embedded in the story of he sent his only begotten son. He loved the world. And he sent his only begotten son to rescue us, not to condemn us, not to shame us, not to browbeat us, not to put more bondage on us. The devil puts bondage on us. The thief comes to steal, kill, destroy, oppress. Jesus came to eliminate the chains, uh, uh, obliterate the effects of sin, shift our destiny from hell to heaven and take us out of alienation and separation and give us a relationship with the Father. I think about Pastor Bill Shear. He and I weren't raised by our birth fathers. We were adopted by uh, uh, stepdads. And, um, but yet we became Christians about, uh, basically the same time period of our young adult lives. And so we don't, neither of us have father issues because our Heavenly Father changed our lives. And in his case and my case, actually, He had a good stepdad, as did I, so that is a big stabilizer. But boy, nothing more stabilizing than on Christ, the solid rock we stand. Jesus gives us firm footing, right? And when you see how crazy things are and the world shifts and trends come and go and things get up full of fear and upheaval, uh, you know, it's good to have this solid foundation. When Danny passed, you know, it was a loss for us, and yet not for him. He was present with the Lord having a Yahoo hallelujah time. And we miss him every day, but yet he's present with the Lord. So even uh, the the inevitability of the death of a loved one, uh, you know, that brings uh, grief. Yet the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, we don't grieve in the same category as the morbidity of a lost world grieves. We we cry and we we feel uh, uh, we miss him. Oh, we miss him. But yet we know we're going to get to see him again. Hallelujah. And we know the world's crazy, but God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So God will get you through anything when you understand this. So I want to show you 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we'll read verse 11. It says, For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid. Guess what, buddy? It's Jesus Christ. Guess what? It's exclusive. It's Jesus Christ. 
India, it's Jesus Christ. Brazil, it's Jesus Christ. Hippie LA, it's Jesus Christ. Heartland, St. Louis, bi-state area, Jesus Christ. Atheist, it's Jesus Christ. Agnostic, it's Jesus Christ. Hyper-religious, uh, ultra-orthodox, it's Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, liturgical, it's Jesus Christ. Non-denominational, it's Jesus Christ. Boy Scout, it's Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, rebel, it's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus for everybody, everybody. He's Jesus for all. He is the stabilizer. He is the cornerstone. He is the, old, look at this. No man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So if any man builds on that foundation, we, we better build with gold, silver, and precious stone rather than wood, hay, or stumble, stubble. Wood, hay, and stubble are all consumable. They're not precious, and they actually absorb, whereas gold, silver, and precious stone are all of value, and they reflect. I want to lead a reflective life like the moon. The moon doesn't have originating light in it. It reflects off of the sun. And Christians, we don't have anything without Jesus, but we have everything with Jesus. And we become the light of the world, but that light is not emanating out of our sophistication or our humanness. It's, it's out of uh, the, the presence of God. When, we, when Jesus is ever set for us, that light starts to shine. Even today, I, we, we've gotten in a place where the, 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 the uh, wattage, uh, can I say the, the wattage is going up. It's not shady in here. In him, there, he's, he's the son of righteousness rises with healing in his wings. He's full on sunshine, and there's no variation or shifting shadow. We're, we're in the light. We walk in the light as he is in the light. We're quick to repent. We get things right. We, we're quick to uh, be honest with God and direct with God. And he's quick to be merciful to us, to cover us, to keep us on track, keep us in shape long enough so we can fulfill our call. Let's go to... The marvelous Matthew chapter 16. And I'm reading verse 13 through 20. And I've reread this to you, but it's so pivotal. Jesus asks a big question. He's at Caesarea Philippi, which is a gathering place by some water where, and like rocks for seating. And they, this is where they would go and, and the ancients would discuss philosophy and religion the pantheism of their time, uh, you know, about all the philosophies. And he was sitting there in the district of Caesarea Philippi. Patsy and I had been there before. He was asking his disciples, hey, who do people say that I am? What's, what's, the, what's, the, what's the word on the street? You ever seen a news program where they send out a camera and an interviewer with, a, with, a, with questions and like, hey, you know, and they, they go out and ask questions on the street. Jesus is basically saying, hey, what's the scoop? What, what's the opinion? What are people saying? Who do people say that I am? Somebody said, well, some of you think you're, that you're John the Baptist. Uh, others think you're Elijah the prophet or Jeremiah the prophet or another prophet. And uh, he goes, he listens for a while. I think there might have been a pause in verse 15. Takes a breath and he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Boy, it goes from general to personal. And isn't that what really our Christianity is right now? Isn't that what our founda the foundational thing of our lives? We've all come in here as individuals whose lives we've, we've endeavored to build our lives on the rock. 
There are even parents who are bringing in kids, and I've talked to some that have matured, and they're coming up into that young adult processing. And I believe, you know, the parents have asked me to pray for them because they're in that sort of valley of decision. They're sort of being pulled from, you know, they're, they're evaluating the, the views their parents have embraced, and now they're considering Jesus for themselves. I've seen this over and over for the decades of ministry. And I have watched, thankfully, young people who were brought into church by parents make Jesus for themselves, consider Jesus for themselves, and make that commitment. And go into young adulthood with, you know what, man, I take off the training wheels. I want what my parents presented to me. I realize as authentic and as true, what was espoused in my church is not just so much haranguing and religious rhetoric. It's not some sort of dogmatic uh, bigotry. It's, it's biblical truth. And I'm going to base my life on, on that. I'm going to base my life on Jesus. I'm going to stand on the word of God. I'm going to walk in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to do what the scripture says to do. I'm going to love the people that I can love, and I'm going to forgive the people I can forgive just because I can, because the forgiver has come into my life, and I have a forgiveness quotient in me. Him that's forgiven much loves much, right? And so he says, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter speaks up as he is a verbal and a, you know, forward personality. He says, you're the Christ, which means the Messiah, the anointed one, the, prom- the promise that would inevitably come to the Jews and to the Gentiles. You're the, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. So he acknowledges his mission and his deity. In that moment, Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because, get this, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. This is not the result of Adam and Eve eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is not the power of suggestion. This is not mob mentality. This is not crowd think. You got this, and it's not something that actually originated in your little three-pound brain, Peter. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Everybody say reveal. But my Father who is in heaven. I remember when this, this reveal Happen. You remember in these shows that they go and they fix houses and they do a reveal or in, the, in, in, in Touched by an Angel, they'd end up doing a reveal where, hey, this is in fact angelic, you know. They're, that's a part of storytelling where there's a reveal. And uh, this happens here where they're getting revelation. Uh, we used to call it revelation knowledge when we were young people. It's different from uh, knowledge obtained through a study with our brain power. It, it, it's something that the Holy Spirit uh, brings to us. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And boy, did that bear down on me when I prayed, God, if you're real, show me. The Holy Spirit came in on that scene and began to deal with my heart. I think he prompted me. I know he prompted me to pray because I started to feel empty. And I know that it was his kindness that was showing me, hey, you're empty, you're lost, you're separated from God. And he didn't let me just go along with a religious notion that was not, uh, it didn't have a basis. What I, my beliefs were just really light. I didn't have a foundation in him until God came in and started to draw me. No one comes to him unless he draws them. I'm telling you by the Holy Spirit, We're coming into a magnetic moment where God's drawing people, drawing people. We've come through this global pandemic, all of us. 
We, it's disrupted some jobs. Some of you have lost jobs over it. There's all this conflict. You know, the polarization of social issues and attitudes. But the enemy is, I think, the devil has tried to throw a wedge in to try to bring division, uh, to try to disrupt harmony and all kinds of things. But yet, the kingdom of God is intact. It, it's unshakable. And in fact, Jesus even says this to Peter. He says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who's in heaven has revealed this to you. And he said, I, in verse 18, I also say to you that you are Peter. Now that means, that's a, that's a Greek word, Petros. He said, upon this rock, Petra, that's a large rock. Pet, uh, Peter is a small rock, it's a stone. Peter, you're a pebble, but I'm going to build my church on the Petra, the rock, the gigantic, massive. And what it is, is the church is built not on Peter as a person, but on the revelation. Peter's on that. He's part of the process. He's one of the 12, and he's, he's, he's for sure, he's one of the Bible writers. He's right in there with Paul and John and so forth. But he says that that's not the base. Church is not built on a human center. It's built on the revelation that comes from the Holy Spirit. He says, upon this rock, look what he said, I will build my church. I will build my church. The Greek word is oikademeo, and it means to construct, to confirm, to establish. Upon this rock, I will build my church. My church. It's Jesus the head of the church talking. He is interested in the church, the ecclesia, the called ones, the ingathering. He loves the, the, the church throughout the time zones and all the, all the planet around about on this population every generation. And he loves specifically the local church that he pulls and coalesces together because he wants to do and manifest key, essential, specific things through each body of believers. Hallelujah. It gives me chills. I got Christmas cards from pastors, and I laid hands on them, and I prayed for them. I, 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 I looked at this young couple, and I know what they've been through. I pray for them. I, there's another family. I said, I, I, I said, this is my prayer target. You know, I, I, I pray for them. Uh, I did a funeral. Pastor Virgil pointed out, dear lady had 17 years of our Christmas cards in her kitchen and prayed for us every day. And I'm just so grateful. She's on the other side, and I just want to thank God. It's people like her doing things like that that shape history, that change the world, and that the devil tries to belittle and underestimate and, and, and underappreciate and devalue, but God looks at it and goes, man, that's a big deal. And can I just tell you, your particular role in the body of Christ is important. It matters. I'm the product of somebody like you, a Christian, out of God's house, stepping out of the box, stepping over the invisible barrier of fear and communicating the gospel. One guy told me about Jesus while he gave me a ride home from my restaurant job. A girl invited me to church for four weeks. I went with her, and I, ex I got exposed to a great body of believers similar to you guys in a moment where I was open and magnetically being drawn to God, I believe we're coming back into a magnetic juncture 
Juncture is not always in my vocabulary. It's like a junction. It's like a, a moment, a geographic location, and a time frame. We're coming into a place where we're going to see more people get saved. We're going to see people come out of the valley of decision. We're going to see atheists say, I was an atheist, but not anymore. We're going to, say that we're going to see people that say, you know, I was in this and I didn't, I was religious, but I, I didn't know how to be made right with God. I gave my life to Jesus. I've been born again. We're going to see leaders get saved. We're going to see people fly in from out of town to come in here. And we're going to just leave them alone. We're not going to ask for autographs. We're going to just smile at them and be respectful. Give them a moment, not interrupt them, so they can have an amazing time with Jesus. Business leaders, entertainment professionals, uh, again, another wave of uh, athletics. We're going to see this, and, 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 and medical research scientists, we're going to see people come in and get touched by the Holy Spirit, and they'll be stimulated. But what about me? What about you? Hey, we all have a part. God has an army. We've got a part. It's the proper working of each individual part. Well, yeah, Peter was so special. Peter didn't think he was special. He stepped out on water, and he, you know, he saw the wind and, he, and the waves, and he started sinking. And Jesus picked him up and walked him back to the boat. You know, he, he said, Jesus, I would die for you, man. He goes, Peter, and you're doing that in your own power. You're going to deny me. And he did. And then he walked away with his tail between his legs. And then he ran to the tomb, and John was younger and stronger than him and outran him. And, and then uh, he said, go tell the... And when the ladies knew that Jesus was resurrected, God, the angel said, go tell the disciples... And Peter, boy, that touches me. Because God's saying, I'm including the guy that's gone in and out, that's impulsive, inconsistent. Aren't you glad God in, in, includes the guys and gals that don't always hit the mark all the time? Even King David. Jesus sits in the throne of David. One of his titles is the Christ or the Messiah is son of Ben David, son of David. Sits in the throne of David? Didn't you read, Lord, what David, he did some highs, but he did some lows because he was a human, right? And if David were here, he'd say, no, 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 I'm not the hero. I'm telling you, God is good. He would have quite a message to tell us. Peter would come in and he'd go, let me tell you how good God is. Paul would say, you guys, I'm nothing without Jesus, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? That's the Christianity I'm familiar with. And this is the church that I live in. He says, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I love that verse. Don't you love that verse? Uh, because what, what the gates, what, what are gates? It, it, it's a, it's a, it, the Greek word is pule, and it means entrance. It means the, the, uh, uh, the influences. It's like opportunistic hellish influences will not prevail against the church. The, uh, the gates, that's the place where people would convene and strategize. So he's saying the demonic, satanic, evil strategies will not prevail against the church Jesus will build, ever, ever, against your household, ever, against your thought life, ever. It, as you understand the, the authority you have in him, the power of the name of Jesus. He says, you're Peter, you're, you're, you're Petros, and upon this Petra, revelation of, of, from the Holy Spirit that the Father reveals, uh, I'm going to build my church. He's building a great house. Every house is built by some men, but the builder of all things is God. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. 
I had the privilege of meeting the, the architect for this building, Tom Hall. I got to meet the original owners of the Harris Company, the Vaterod family, and it's significant spiritually for me because they worked to make this a strong, strong building. They built it out of brick. They, they dug, uh, they drilled down to the bedrock and put these pillars uh, on, on a solid foundation. And uh, my son-in-law, Steve, and Addison, they bought a new home here close by in the Baldwin area. And uh, uh, the, the, the house is really nice. It was built in the late 70s. And the style was to have the rooms be cozy. And later on, you know, the style became more open, vaulted ceilings, that kind of, which is two stories, so they can't vault ceilings, but they can open up some walls. And instead of cozy, they can make a great room out of a living room and a, and a seat, sitting room, you know, and turn it into a great room. You know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? So in order to do that, though, uh, there has to be understanding and investigation about the foundation. So... Steve brought in his brother-in-law, Jed, who knows a, an engineer. And, it, you know, it's not so much all of what you know, it's, it's who you know. And so Steve knew Jed, who has a work ethic and a heart to serve. And then Jed knew, yeah, I know a lot of things about building, but some things are out of my pay grade, so I'm going to call my engineer. So the engineer said, yeah, that, in fact, is a load-bearing wall. And you're going to have to make sure that when you put the header up there, like we did this I-beam, when we remove this, this post here, in order to make this feasible to have a, an altar up here, I mean, I live right here, and I am so, I rely on the, not so much on that post, and not so much on that beam, but I rely on that foundation, and, and, and I'm telling you in the spirit, when you give your life to Jesus, you are on solid ground. When you give your life to Jesus, he is the cornerstone. The cornerstone that is the, the eternal, everlasting, solid, reliable rock. He's not shifty. He's not going to erode. He's not going away. He is from forever and ever. And so he says, You're, you figured this out by the Holy Spirit. God the Father revealed this to you, Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell, all of the satanic strategies, all of the evil, any curse, all the darkness, all the harshness, nothing will prevail or overpower it, shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. So we see these are, that's very stabilizing. Once um, Steve and Jed figured out this will be stabilizing, they put those things up, and then they were able to come knock out the, the two-by-fours and have confidence that the whole second story wouldn't fall on top of it. How many of you think that's important? How many of you think it's important that I'm standing right here? Most of my life at this point, I've been standing in this spot. Day in, day out, right here. And, but I am confident because it's on a solid foundation. And I want to encourage you, your takeaway today, you can be confident. And there are stabilizers that I want to finish this message with. Number one, realize there is a God. He that comes to God must believe that he is. And, you, and it's, it's not like, yeah, I believe in the man upstairs, the good Lord. I believe there's a higher power. I believe there's some sort of 
thing out there, some sort of mystical thing that caused all this to have the great Big Bang and the evolution and all that stuff. You got to take it from all that impersonal to realizing, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. And Jesus called him Father. He's our Father and he's a person. God the Father, his son Jesus and the Holy Spirit, in fact. And you get anchored on that and say, well, that's my belief system. That's, what, that's, my, that's my worldview. That's what I know. I know that to be true. There is a God. He must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Understand that he loves you, that he has a plan. Develop an understanding and a confidence that he hears and he answers your prayer. Understand that he likes faith and faith comes by hearing the word. So build yourself up in the faith life. No, you're not a religious freak. No, you're not a fanatic. No, you're not nuts for giving your life to Jesus. In fact, it's very sensible. Can I say it's very smart? In fact, I want to border on saying you, you're, it's genius that you're walking with God. It's mainly his genius, of course. And you're, li you're lining up with his genius. And look, if you obey God, you'll end up looking so smart. Learn that there's a Holy Spirit and you have a spirit and you can be led by the spirit and be prompted and learn how not to follow the dictates of your flesh, but the, the subtle promptings of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a voice and he will bear witness with your spirit. And this is another whole message, but the Bible says the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord, searching the innermost parts of his being, meaning God the spirit speaks to us by his spirit. When I see psychic ads on TV, I turn it. Because God doesn't speak through psychic phenomenon and, and soulish, that's demonic, that can be demonic, and I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. What's your horoscope? I what's your sign? The sign of the cross, that's my sign. And I don't want to hear it. Because the Bible condemns that. I don't want to go there. That's a counterfeit. There is, that's a counterfeit for the real leading of the Holy Spirit. You can follow the Holy Spirit and you'll see so many great things happen. You can be driving to work and the Holy Spirit will prepare you for something and you just pray in the Spirit and get ready for it and then you end up walking right in it. Oh, it's magnificent. And the word this lady had in the, I don't know, was it this service? You, when you prophesied, was it this service? The usual will become the unusual? I'm glad I have get off the stage music because I just tied all the services together. Last point, daily, to stabilize, daily receive the favor of God. Daily get up and realize, I am surrounded with favor. God loves me. Even if you feel crummy, God loves you. Even if you sin, you repent, you draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. What do you receive? Mercy. You find grace to help in the time of need. He pushes your reset button and he'll use even you, right? Everybody say stabilized, strengthened, fortified, on solid ground. New beginnings, seasons of refreshing in the, in the upcoming days. God has plans for divine exploits, supernatural happenings, holy opportunities. By the way, I, I was testifying and whining about the big pharma. It wasn't $35,000 a year my brother just let me know it was $35,000 a month. So I got up here and whined about that while they're being ultra generous to take and see God would move heaven and earth. What is that? Do the math. 
almost over $400-something-thousand dollars a year to keep one of our amazing volunteers on the earth to fulfill his call. That's my God. God wants him to live to be 120 years so he could keep, we could keep throwing all kinds of responsibility on him. But actually, we ought to spread it, right? Right? Let's all stand up on our feet. I want you to say this. I'm standing on solid ground. I'm building on a sure foundation. And it's Jesus. Jesus is the center of my life. Jesus is anchoring for me. All right, say this really loud. Jesus is really all I've got. Right? I want you to elbow somebody next to you and say, I'm really glad you sat next to me. Elbow them back and say, Happy New Year. God bless you guys. Have a